0: this is Julie and this is Nia and this is Marcy we are students in a digital literacy class through Adelphi and today we are going to be talking about our main question is does social media ruin lives I think that's a very big question today when we look at social media on the media just itself, a lot of people have a different comments about social media itself. So that's our main goal here today is to talk about this along with a few other things.
1: Does social media ruin lives? I would say that there are definitely some people that argue that it does. So well, I remember when we were reading for class uh, from the book So You've Been Publicly Shamed by John Ronson. Mm-hmm. And he talked about which actually I didn't follow this. I didn't know that this happened in Time, but He talks about Justine Sacco, who was like a PR person at a, at a media, a, a pretty large media publication. And she like the Internet trashed her
2: yes. because
1: she made what seemingly what she says and what really does seem to be a poor joke about mm-hmm. going to africa and not getting aids because she is white <laughs> and the author talks a lot about how like she had like 170 followers and she makes a lot of snort like it was pretty consistent with the kinds of bad jokes that she made on her twitter feed but it like blew out of proportion she lost right.
2: her job of course which right. wild and devastating Mm -hmm. Right. And I think a lot of what that leads us to talk to is definitely um, managing your online identity. She really had a very, as he said, quote, brittle profile, and you really didn't know much about her. So you really were quick to assume that she meant what she said. definitely. You know, I would argue that like, and there's a lot of people who have been a lot of
1: celebrities and otherwise, like she wasn't a celebrity that had been dragged by the internet. Mm -hmm. But I would argue that like, sometimes it doesn't matter how well you manage things. You know, I was reading about how Trevor Noah was run through the ringer when he became the Daily Show host, like they like, yes, I remember that. that Twitter feed and tried to find every little thing to see, you know, how they could kind of smear his name. And Mm -hmm. he's a comedian, so yeah, he made a lot of jokes, and sometimes they're questionable, like is there space for humor in social media? like, or, or are you politically correct all the
0: time? People don't have a certain definition of what line you can cross and what line you can't cross. I think that's really, you know, where things come into play. It's like, okay, what line can I cross? What line can't I cross when I'm on Twitter, when I'm on Instagram? Who am I going to offend? Or who who is this not going to offend?
2: Exactly. And I think a lot... Of that also you could even bring to the quote that ronson said where he said her reflexive sarcasm had been badly worded her wider twitter persona quite brittle but i hadn't needed to think about her tweet for more than a few seconds before i understood what she'd been trying to say there must have been among her shamers a lot of people who chose to willfully misunderstand her for some reason mm-hmm. so it's all about this intent, and it's also about how the audience is going to receive it, especially out of context. Well, it makes me
1: think a lot about like a mob mentality, and, and yeah. a quote in that chapter we read that talks about, you know, how we had to dehumanize the people we hurt. Before mm-hmm. during, and after in this cognitive dissonance where it's like the people who did that uh, already were biased in some way, right white supremacy is a thing I would not argue against that, but if that's like the only thing you're looking for, then that's what they ran with and they can't see right the complexities of someone's identity or the fact that they might make a joke as a white person are they right. able to do that
2: you know exactly. Absolutely. I think going off of this, we could even get into cyberbullying in general. Absolutely. It goes even beyond public shaming. I think it can go into cyberbullying. We don't know what these people are saying via just general comments, something, you know, in direct messaging. It's scary and it's very damaging, especially for teens. You know, working
1: with, I work with with high school students during the summer and we have a lot of conversations about cyberbullying and we talk about facts, right? Like the CDC in 2017 said that suicide had become the second leading cause of death right it was 10 to 34 like adolescents the, the, the ideation and attempts of suicide for adolescents have doubled in the right, last years. right. And so and and if you talk to kids like social media plays a huge role in how they're developing their identity mm-hmm. and cyberbullying can be
0: traumatizing absolutely, absolutely. And then I think as an educator myself, I work with pre-Kers, so they're not exactly exposed to the social media like we are today. Mm-hmm. But I always do wonder, and I have it in the back of my mind, how am I going to be able to prevent, God forbid, one of my students, you know, wanting to take their own life because of something that it is unfortunately, it's not always in our control what happens behind these screens. Right. So it's, it's tricky. Yeah
1: and then it's even scarier when you think about we're talking about individuals but when you think mm-hmm. about larger entities using social media right that's another conversation yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: definitely so did you guys both look at um the YouTube video that we had to watch or not watch it was china's social credit system oh my god yeah, that I was so awesome. about what i think about larger yeah. entities to know about your thoughts. So just to explain this very quick for those who didn't watch it or anything. So basically, Parts in China, they have what they call a social credit system. So it's basically like a point value system. For example, if I was to pick up trash off the street, um, somebody could go around watching me, watching my friends, and write the things that I do down. And then I can gain or take away points based on what I do. So if I up trash in the street, I would gain points. If I was to beat up somebody in the street, I would lose points. And these points basically determine kind of what you can and what you can't do in China. So um, I would love to know your guys' thoughts on this.
1: Well, first sure. of all, when I when I first saw it, I was in shock because I had seen uh, the Black Mirror episode of Dive.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That
1: reminds me of it. It's like it's like
2: the episode waiting to
1: happen. <laughs> I, this is. I thought this was an episode of Black Mirror. Why? Like this is real life. So that was my first thought. And then also, Julie, like it goes as far as like tracking what you buy, not just what you buy. Oh, yeah. Like cigarettes will lose you points, and alcohol, right? Right. Like, water and other responsible, you know, food will gain you points. Yeah. It's pretty like but it's weird what was weird for me was watching people talk about how it made good citizens and how they liked it and how they had yeah. be held accountable at least in the videos we watched we you, you didn't find too many people that were anti the system I mean right. probably that would lose them points so why would they get on video for
2: <laughs> that's a good point too that's a great point yeah. yeah I just want to like go off of that and say I saw a lot of people for it but those people were really for it when their points were up. And it worries what? me how they feel when their points are down. And there's going to be that constant struggle between losing points and gaining points. And I feel like that's going to very negatively affect mental health. I feel like it's a form of brainwashing where these people are constantly trying to, quote unquote, become good people. What? And how can we really say that, a person is better based on their points, especially Absolutely. when you don't even know the intention of right. the good act. Are they doing the good act because they are just they just want to do a good
0: deed or because they want to save their own skin and get more points? In about one thirty in the video, that time mark, um, this man, he found a wallet on the street and he returned it to the government. So he got a lot of points. He also got trophies. Right. Now, he returned this wallet out of the goodness of his heart. Or did he do it simply because he just wanted the points? I mean, exactly. There was,
1: clip, there was like a few videos that we watched, and there was another clip where he
0: doesn't even hide it. The man was
1: like fifty points below what was the expected average to buy a first class train ticket, and he yeah. literally
2: went and donated money and was like, yes. "Now I have no right. points." Right. right. So <laughs> what's the intent behind that? The, the intent behind that is definitely not to do good. It's just to yeah. up your. But also, I think it's always a good thing to paint, you know, people doing good things in a positive light. But how many genuinely good people are not getting those points because, you know, the information collector wasn't there at the time, and now those people are considered bad people? Right. Well, that's a great point. It, It
1: is very problematic and then you also like power breeds corruption right and so Mm -hmm. like there was the one man who had almost exposed some higher ups for the the corruptive practices they were partaking in and he was blacklisted like he went to buy a train ticket and they were like you are not allowed to travel
2: Mm -hmm. it's
1: (laughs) it's crazy it's absolutely crazy
0: and then it's almost scary to think that the government could have so much control over you that they can determine whether you get a train ticket or not that honestly that does scare me a little bit
1: going back to like students and teens, we also just didn't talk about how uh, that's affecting student admissions in a lot of places. And so like, right. Me, boy talks about it in the book and we read a chapter out of it. It's complicated. The social lives of network teens, And we read chapter one about identity yes. um, and else. And also I've seen it. I teach kids about LinkedIn, how do you leverage an online resume, right, and like different, mm-hmm. that article talks a lot about different contexts and having to understand different contexts, but when kids don't understand that when they mess up, it could literally cost them admissions, yeah. scholarships, opportu- life opportunities, you know, right, right, right.
0: Yeah. and then you have to think to yourself, obviously we are all people at the end of the day, we make some awful mistakes, Right. but an awful mistake I made back in eighth, ninth grade, should that now keep me from getting the dream job that I've always wanted or to get into a certain master's program or PhD program? That's what I kind of think to myself. Um, But I think to myself, you know, a lot of the time, should people be punished because of what they've done in the past? You know, we all grow up, we all mature, Mm -hmm. but it is hard. Things that you put on the internet, they don't go away at all.
2: Right. That's true. I think that's a a really good example. And I think that's important to say because things that happen, you know, in real life, they disappear, whereas things in the cyberspace are there forever. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: that's that's for sure true. And and Boyd talks a lot about how we have to be mindful about not judging kids and teens by adult standards, because they're not adults. And we forget that the only difference between them and us is that when we were going through those identity-forming years, like the inter- the,
2: it was not the same digital age that we're no. in now. Correct, correct. Absolutely. And I think that we could actually segue into what was the original intent of these platforms. And I think Nia has a really interesting TED Talk clip that she could play for us. All right, here we go. In the early days of Twitter, it was like a place of radical de-shaming. People would admit shameful secrets about themselves and other people would say, oh my God, I'm exactly the same. Voiceless people realised that they had a voice and it was powerful and eloquent. If a newspaper read some racist or homophobic column, we realised we could do something about it. We could get them. We could hit them with a weapon that we understood but they didn't. a social media
1: shaming. So that was John Ronson giving a TED Talk, the author of So You've Been Publicly Shamed. And I think one of the things that I love that he says is giving a voice to the voiceless. Yeah. I really, really, that speaks to me in a big way because it is a positive part of what social media has. Allowed. He's talking about Twitter, but I would argue a lot of social media has allowed for.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you can have people that are connecting based on common interests and just connecting even now during social distancing.
0: It's so important to be able to reach out to family and friends that are far away. Absolutely. And I mean, like now looking at it, I am so, so grateful for social media because I get the opportunity during this really rough time in our world to contact my cousins, contact, you know, my best friends, I can go on FaceTime and have feel like they're actually there. So if we didn't have that right now, I don't know about you guys, but personally, I'd be losing my mind right now during this social (laughs) distance without social media.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that we learned a lot about that even through the podcast by Pessimists Archive Mm -hmm. and how, you know, we can't always look at these things Through a negative lens. We need to be able to give it a chance because, as negative as social media can be, you could also be using it for something positive. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important because Pessimist Archive says if we all hold on too tight, if we can't imagine anything else that's coming along that's better or more meaningful or more powerful than we already have, well, then we'll make the same mistakes that our predecessors had. And we all know how that story ends. And this was about. How in the past, people thought novels were going to morally corrupt people. And I feel like (laughs) we hear that today about youths and just people in general using social media. Mm -hmm. And there are so many positives to social media. It connects us. It helps us engage with people about our interests, our hobbies. Mm -hmm. And it even helps advance our careers. I know Uh myself as an artist, I use social media all the time to sell my work. Right. And it's definitely a platform I take full advantage of. I've sold work on Facebook, Instagram, Etsy, and it allows me to get my work out there to an audience that never would have encountered it. And it's just a huge platform for people in that kind of um, business aspect as well. Right. And it gives people that greater access to others as well as information, even from across the world. Where can we find
1: your art?
2: I'm oh my God. <laughs> Well, most of my art is just under my first and last name, so that's pretty easy. I
0: have okay. a, I have a... <laughs> yeah, but who is in the power of social media right, right. now. Exactly. So now
1: before we, we run <laughs> over time, the question is what does this all mean? What is our responsibility to the next generation? A lot of us are taking this class because we're in some way, form or shape connected to education. And even if we weren't, we have we have youth in our life. So what is our responsibility to the next generation?
0: I think personally, for me being an educator I need to teach my students, no matter how old or young they are, how to be a responsible, kind individual. Because oh, if yeah. you are a kind individual, you're not going to want to go out there and cyberbully people. You're not going to want to go right, out right. and shame people. Right. So mm-hmm. I think first and foremost, and this is my motto in life, it's just being kind. So the social emotional component.
2: Definitely. Exactly. And people need to be responsible and they need to engage with social media in a way that, you know, they're being mindful and mm-hmm. Things that they can say are going to be taken out of context and they need to post knowing that there is that invisible audience that's going to see yeah. what they post. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah, I agree. Boy talks a lot about the the invisible audiences. And, and I think that all of this also means that we need explicit instruction. Like we need mm-hmm. we cannot assume the kids are going to figure this out on their own. They will, but they'll probably make less mistakes if we have educators who are giving explicit instruction on how to navigate different contexts. I remember when I read about the, the the collapse of context, I thought about that meme challenge, the one where it's like you put your profile pics for yes. LinkedIn. And, and I, I remember when I teach a LinkedIn workshop to my kids, this is not what you use for LinkedIn. It's right. not appropriate and and that's the point we have to explicitly teach our students Mm -hmm. these things once they're old enough right like you start with the social emotional start with all that and then you need to start teaching them about how to manage different contexts exactly
0: Exactly. Them to know all these things if we don't teach them right
1: and then i think last like we just need to let them make mistakes you know like prepare them and teach all these things but then be empathetic when they make mistakes they're gonna make mistakes we made
2: mistakes ours just weren't on tiktok it's exactly, and I think that's like we yeah. need to understand that mistakes are going to happen, and we need to essentially just be mindful of that. We need to let people make mistakes. what is social media does it ruin lives? It does, but it also. I think the correction is yeah, it it can it has the capacity. It's all right. about how you use
1: it. Yes. All right. So be kind, be mindful, and yes. be explicit. All right. Thank you,
2: guys. This is Julie. This is Marcy. Thank you guys. This is Nia signing off. Have a good one.